With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Forza Napoli Cultural Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. Since we do not have a midweek fixture for the first time in a very long time, and it actually felt quite weird that we don't, I thought I'd bring on a guest to preview our big match on Sunday against Milan. He is one of the hosts of the excellent Serie sit-down podcast. And of course, he's a Milan fan. Richard Carmen, welcome to Forza Napoli. Ciao. How are you doing, man? Not too bad. How you been? I've been good, man. It's been busy. And it is weird not to have fixtures in the middle of the week. Uh, you know, Milan, I guess, technically had one yesterday. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. The whole This whole pandemic's been interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on that game. Even though Napoli obviously wasn't involved, it was an interesting match. There's a lot to take out of that match ahead of, of our match on the weekend. So I definitely want to talk about that. Obviously, we'll preview our match on Sunday. And maybe we can just start with your thoughts on Milan's season in general. A lot was made of Milan's unbeaten streak at the start of the season. I think it was 15 games to start this season, plus there were, I don't know, 12 games to end last season. So a 27-game unbeaten streak just in Serie A. There were a whole bunch of other games in between as well. And then that streak ended with a loss to Juventus, I believe. And that, I think it seemed to to turn the season a little bit for Milan. Uh, Milan have lost four of their eight games since then. But because you had built up such a, a nice cushion, you're still in the Scudetto race, I would say. But I'm curious to know, Richard, did your expectations change, say, from the start of the season to about the midway point when Milan were just getting result after result? I don't know if this is surprising or shocking or not, or neither, right? Um, my expectations never changed and never wavered. My expectations the whole time and, and continues to be, even when we were in first place, is Champions League spot. 
anything on top of Champions League would be, you know, icing on the cake, cherry on top, whatever. Uh, but I think, you know, Milan's goal going into this season and, you know, looking into my preseason predictions, uh, which I have uh, pinned on my Twitter, I had Milan, I think, third or fourth, I think. You know, so I wasn't expecting anything great. And then even when they went on this run, I'm like, look, Juventus and Inter are going to come back and it's going to be tough at the end. I said, long as Milan have big Champions League, that's the most important thing. They're a very young team. Um, and the important thing is gaining that experience, even through ups, you know, going, you know, when we were winning or leading the Scudetto for a long time, I still kept it as it would be nice, but I'm like, no, nah, it's Champions League is the ultimate goal. You know, that's my goal. And it's, and it's been that way through the ups and downs so far. Yeah. I think most of the Milan fans that I speak to on a regular basis have had that, that kind of mentality. I think it, it reminds me of Lazio last year where perhaps if we got further into the season, say three quarters in, and yeah. Milan were still at the top of the table, then it would be time to start talking yeah. about a Scudetto yeah. seriously. But I think that's a fair a fair take. When you consider the last decade, really, it's it's reasonable to aim for that top four spot. And I think the really what, what you know what did it for me was you know Milan were playing so great, right? But they were only a few points up on Inter, and you know Juventus were still getting their stuff together. So I'm like, Inter's been playing inconsistent. Imagine when they play, you know, strong and, and confident. They're gonna, we're gonna, have, it's gonna be hard to keep up with them, anybody. And that's what we're seeing now. Inter are just on fire, and it's hard. And you have to play perfect to stay with them. And then when you get, when you get the opportunity to play them, you have to beat them. And, and no one's done that during the streak yet. So, um, other than Juventus during the Copa Italia. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was always in my hindsight that you know, Champions League is the ultimate goal. Get that money, get back in there, and then you know, it's, it's a building process. You don't want to do blow your load in one season, right, and then be irrelevant. You want to build towards something, and you know, I think the next logical step is Champions League. Next year we can talk about you know something else, but this year's Champions League for me. Absolutely, and when I did my midseason review, I noted that it, it must have been frustrating as a Milan fan to be playing so well and getting results. And yet Inter is still right there on your heels. Yeah. And it just, it didn't take much for, for Inter to take over that top spot. Correct. And it, what's funny is that all the Interisti were pulling their hair out saying, this is disaster season. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like a few points behind Milan and you're playing inconsistent. Like imagine when you're good. Uh, and then now they're obviously, they're happy right now. They got six point lead or whatever, but yeah, it's uh, it was, it was certainly frustrating at that point where, you know, you, you are playing well, uh, even when you get your 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 stars aren't playing, you, you still get the wins. You look back, oh wait, Inter won also. Like, ugh, you, you, no matter what you're doing, they're still there. No matter how well you play, so you know you have to keep that form up, which is hard with youngsters. If it was a, a you know aging group of veterans, okay, you feel more comfortable that they can keep it up. But youngsters who've never been there before, uh, that's a tall task for any any team. Yeah, and then the other reason it's been hard to keep it up is because of all the injuries. And that's something that that our clubs have had in common, at least in terms of quantity of injuries. And now Milan may have surpassed us with it's just Mm -hmm. been one after another. And it's funny because a lot of Napoli fans point to Milan as an argument why we should not use injuries as an excuse. Because up until perhaps very recently, Milan were somehow still getting the results. It seemed like the the injuries started at the back and, and progressed towards the front where center back right back were concerns earlier on mm-hmm. in the season with Romagnoli and Gabbia getting injuries and credit to to Maldini and, and management for for bringing in Tomori I think he's been a great addition and we're seeing what he's capable of yeah and Zlatan great start to the season he was leading the league in goals for a long time despite not even playing yeah. <laughs> 
And, you know, but he's had his his share of various different injuries. Chalanoglu's had his injuries. So do you think that's something that concerns you in terms of going forward? Because at the same time, Milan's had this kind of next man up type of mentality where other guys are getting their chances. You mentioned the youth on this team and they're delivering results still. Yeah. And, and I think that the key point about next man up is what it's been. Um, you know, when the guys were healthy, we saw Tonali not playing so well, Krunic playing poor. I mean, majority of the Milan fan base wanted Krunic gone. Right. Um, and I think there was another person that they wanted gone as well. And, you know, we've seen, at least in the last couple of weeks with all the injuries, Krunic has had to play and he's actually stepped up and he's played very well. I mean, he's been one of the better players over the last three weeks, three games he's played and Tonali's starting to come around now. You know, that, that's the whole thing we've been saying is that, Tonali is young. He's going into a team where he was, you know, a big fish in a small pond. Now he's a small fish in a big pond. He's got to get used to all this stuff, you know. And uh, Tamori, he adapted like like not, like nothing, and he's fantastic pickup. Um, but I think you know, next man up is uh, absolutely the thing for them. And um, I think the injuries are catching up, and they are getting worrisome. But not mostly because the amount, right? The amount of injuries. It's it's one thing if you have every team's gonna have injuries. Uh, you guys know with Milik for years, right? Uh, injuries happen, but the amount I think is what's worrying me because like what's going on in training or with the with the Milan lab uh, that all these injuries continue to happen. It's not getting any better. He has Zlatan. He's older. You'd expect that, right? But some of the youngsters are keep getting hurt. And you're like, what's going on here? So that's the worrying thing for me. Um, I think the injuries have been a blessing in disguise because guys have got opportunities to play more. Krunic, Tonali, Cassie is just a beast, you know, so he seems like he's never injured. But if he were to be injured, I mean, look, luckily he's there because Benacer was injured, right? Uh, so, you know, they have the depth right now at the moment and guys are getting experience that didn't have before. You mentioned the center backs that played early on the season. Now we got, you know, Tamori. We pretty much have a three-headed monster now with uh, Romagnoli, who's a little bit shaky, but he's getting back. Kiar, who's just fantastic, Viking, uh, and then Tamori, who's a beast as well. So, yeah, Milan are doing very well now, you know, despite all the injuries, but it's still very worrying the amount, I think. And I think you probably would agree with your team too. This the amount, sheer amount of guys going down. You're like, who am I going to start this week? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also having injuries at the same position. Again, another thing we've had in common is having multiple injuries to our goal scorers. You know, we lost Osiman, Mertens, and Patania all at once. And you're yeah. thinking, thankfully, we had Lozano who who heated up at the right time. You guys have now lost Ibrahimovic and, and Rebic. And we I guess we can throw Mandzukic in there, even though he didn't really have much of a chance to do much. Yeah. But then you can say, you know, Leao's struggling to find goals. And against Hellas Verona on the weekend, I said to myself, I don't know who's going to score for Milan because I'm looking at this squad and I was thinking, unless it's maybe kessie on a penalty kick or something right i couldn't figure out who was going to score but we talk about the next man up and guys like krunich step up beautiful goal dalo who was playing for teo hernandez steps up and scores a beautiful goal you got these guys that are um again we got to give credit to to maldini and and the management for for finding these youngsters and and then also i think we have to give stefano pioli a lot of credit for absolutely bringing them on because it's one thing to have young players that's cool but you, you also need them to, to perform it, and they are. And the other, you mentioned Frank Kessie kind of being a rock of this team. I think we could probably put Davide Calabria in that, in that category yeah. as well. He's yeah, he's been fantastic as well. That's been, a, as you said, fantastic at, at right back. And I think Pioli also seems to have found the right place for Suelijo Miete, where I think, you know, he had that one game where he tried him, I think it was... I want to say against Atalanta maybe where he played him in more of an attacking midfielder role and, yeah. and it 
it kind of failed. Yeah. But now he's kind of sharing the load with Tonali covering for Ben Acer next to, to Cassie in that double pivot. And that too seems to be to be going really well. And then you mentioned, you know, Rade Krunic was covering, I guess, for Chalon. Well, he played in the 10 against Verona, but then he played out on the wing uh, against Manchester United. (laughs) So, you know, guys are finding ways to to fill roles. Um, So that's that's actually a good spot to to segue to that United match, because I I definitely want to get your your thoughts on this. Obviously, as we've just discussed, still a lot of key players missing. And and this is a stiffer competition than say Hellas Verona. Mm-hmm. And yet Milan looked really, really good. So how did you feel about that performance and that result, Richard? I knew we were gonna hit like have like a B B lineup tour sort of, you know, in this game. And I knew United United, though they've been they've been very mirror team to us. You know, we've we're both in second place. We both had our ups and downs in the season. At times we both look invincible. Um they've been better playing better than we have lately. And so my worry is that you know they were gonna you know, still be hot and find a way. And if they get one goal, the floodgates could open. It could be a, a blowout because of the lineup that Milan had. Um, you, you know, you talk about Krunic playing and some of these other guys. And so your worry is like, what's going to happen? You got Dalot playing. And for a while, people were joking, hey, Dalot needs to go. Uh, but it seems like him and Krunic, you know, are back on right spirits with Milanese now uh, after the recent performances. But yeah, you know, I, I was I was saying in, on, on our last podcast, I was like, look, if Milan play the way they're capable of playing um, and they don't let things get to their head, don't let the mystique get to them, it should be a score draw. They, just, they have the talent to do that. Now you watch the game, and I agree with you. I think Milan took, took control of the game. They were the better team. Um, two goals taken away early on. You know, Leao scored a goal, which is a great goal offside, clearly offside. Kessie's originally when uh, he get the handball and then he scored a freaking world-class goal, they, they called it back because the handball and – when I first saw it, I thought that's a handball. And I'm looking back, I'm like, when I watch the game again, I'm like, eh, maybe not so much. I'm not so sure. Uh, but it's a great, great play all, all the way around. But either way, Milan were taking advantage of that, that, that in that game. And then, you know, obviously United had their opportunity that they nearly scored. Um, and then it was up to Milan to fight back. And, you know, what Milan has been doing this season under, or at least uh, under Pioli and his tenure is that they don't give up. They continue to fight, right? And they kept fighting and fighting. And it wasn't a penalty this time. It was a it was a nice play by Kiar to get open on on a on a corner kick on Mark, no less. And uh, he found a way to tie the game. And I think it was a deserved point because I thought Milan was the better of the team. Both teams are even for sure, but I think Milan had the better of the play. Um, you mentioned Miete finally finding a spot. I thought him. I don't think there was one player that played poorly for Milan. Um, I think Miete with alongside Kessie. Kessie was a beast. He was he was the man of the match for me, but. Um, Miete played very well. Krunic played well. Dalo played well. I mean, everybody played well. Um, and so I think it was a good team effort. And that's what you needed considering the lineup that was there against a pretty good United squad. So, um, yeah, good result overall. And I think, uh, you know, have the technically slight advantage going, going home into San Siro. Um, it's, it's, in, it's in Milan's favor right now. And, and if they get these horses back, you know, Ibra, Rebic, Teo, um, it could be, uh, it could be a, a very impressive second half, but we'll see. We'll see. It's far away. Yeah, you hit a lot of the points that that I picked up on as well. I think Kessie definitely man of the match. I was going to ask you about about the penalty and whether you thought it was a handball because I had the exact yeah. same reaction to that. Where in real time, yeah, I didn't see it. Then on the first replay, I said, "Okay, yeah, that's a handball." But then as we start slowing down replay replays and looking gray. at different angles and starting yeah, to like, wait a minute, you know, did that hit his hand or his thigh and by the end of it, I was sitting there thinking, I don't think there was clear yeah. and obvious evidence 
And I, you know, it's funny because I developed this theory after that play where I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, look, look, if there's a call that's questionable handball and you're not sure, but the goal is world class, let the goal stand. That's just me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if they, yeah. if they put a great effort and they score a fantastic goal, let them have it, man. What the hell? That was a fantastic play, you know, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Arsene Wenger needs to propose it so it can happen. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? But fantastic goal or not, even if it was an yeah. ugly goal, I agree that if we don't know, just allow it. It's not like, it's not as if everyone just stopped playing because they thought there was all a the United ball. players. You know, a lot of people playing, right? They thought no one could play. Yeah. Remember the old adage, and I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, they used to say if it was close to call, they would give it in, in favor of the attacker. They don't do that anymore. It used to be, oh, mm-hmm. if it's questionable, let yeah, the attacker it's almost have it. like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a tie goes yeah, to the runner exactly. type of thing in baseball. Exactly. Where I agree. I mean, and a lot of people were making that argument online that I don't know if this should qualify as evidence, but there was no reaction from the yeah. United players. Nobody called for a handball even after the shot, no. I don't think. I guess VAR in some ways is starting to intervene a little bit too much. I don't know if you saw the the Dortmund match yeah. where Holland had a goal ruled out because of a, a foul yeah. that awarded Dortmund a penalty. <laughs> so, you know, we're seeing VAR intervene almost too yeah. much. Yeah, and I think that the one, you know, I saw those people who were saying that, uh, you know, there was no reaction by the United players and maybe that's a, that's a reason why it wasn't a penalty. You know, my counter my counter to that was that it happened so fast. There's no way anybody, and yeah. if I was guarding him, there's no way I would have known if it hit him or not. And, 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 you know, it just happened, bang, bang, play, and you're just worried about what's going on, not what, oh, did it hit him? You're not going to stop playing, so... Yeah, it's 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 a difficult call, and you know VAR, especially in England, has been really poor. You know, in other leagues and even Serie A, it's been better. Um, but yeah, it, it sometimes it interferes at the wrong time, and I think they need to get their the black and white about when you should and when you shouldn't. You know, I mean that was a goal scoring play. You probably should have checked it, but a lot of times they, it pops up, and you're like, what? What's going on? It takes away the flow of the game, you know, and some of the intensity and the emotion that you know we we love so much. Exactly. If if we didn't catch it in real time watching on TV, I don't know how a, a player on the pitch would have caught it. And even if they did, the last thing you want to do is stop playing, you know, allow a shot, which the defending was actually quite poor on the yeah. play. Everyone kind of backed off and gave Kessie the shot. Um, but the last thing you want to do is stop playing because you thought there may have been a handball. And then if it turns out there wasn't, all the fingers are going to be pointed at you for stopping. So yeah, yeah I agree. You can't, even if they saw it, you can't just throw your hands up and, and hope for the best there. Like part of me, um, part of me, oh, sorry, part of me because we uh, were, oh, I'm American, so I'm used to NFL with throwing the flag, right? And, you know, part of me wants to say, let them do that, let the coaches do that, but then you're going to have coaches just throw it at every goal. And then that's not going to, that's going to defeat the purpose too. So, no easy answer. Yeah, it's a tough one. I also agree with your assessment that Milan was overall the better club. It was a bit weird though, because at the same time, there was a point where United easily could have been up 3-0 because they had that Harry Maguire miss in the first half yeah. and then the Daniel James miss, which was a bit of yeah. a tougher one, but still yeah. a pretty open target. Yeah. But yet, I agree, Milan, in my opinion, was the better side. And it was a, an enjoyable match to watch. I agree. And, and what concerns me heading into the Napoli match is how smooth Milan were in terms of their movement off the ball and the quick passes. Passing it, was beautiful, wasn't it, in that game it, against United? Yeah, beautiful to watch. I mean, and that really not Napoli esque. Well, maybe maybe Sadi esque. Oh, okay, <laughs> there you go. I'll give you that. <laughs> I don't know about Gattuso esque because we haven't really had much of a, an identity lately, which is a big concern. And and the, when I think of how Napoli defends, and we'll get we'll get to that match, but 
we we don't press as a team. We tend to sit back a little bit and, and send the runner to go pressure the ball a little bit. And if Milan passes the way they did against United against us, it, I I foresee some some problems there, and I could see Milan getting their chances. I wasn't terribly shocked. I'll say that Milan had a good performance. I, I knew they had it in them because I did watch that Verona match. And again, it was pretty much the same squad. I think maybe one or two changes. But I was still more impressed with this match again because of the stiffer competition. And and not to take anything away from Milan's performance against Hellas Verona because those goals were beautiful. Right. But I, I also felt like Hellas Verona didn't really show up in that match and maybe because they're not used to playing on short rest. And, and you know, I guess this has been a bit of everyone's story with, with Milan this season is that we, we never seem to give them enough credit. And and if I'm a Milanista, I'm okay with that. I, I'd rather not have the pressure anyways. Yeah. But that was a bit of a wake-up call for me with, with that performance. And it, it said to me, okay, that the match against Hellas Verona wasn't a coincidence that this is a really good team. Yeah, no, it, exactly. And, you know, I was, I was also impressed with the, the Hellas one because Milan had been playing so poorly in the league and they found a way with, with backup players to, to, to dominate the game, well, get the job done. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Krunic and Dalo getting goals and then go into United game. And again, you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, Romagnoli, you know, picks up an injury and wasn't able to play. So then, you know, it's Kiara and, and Tamori, uh, and they, everyone stepped up. I mean, the key is, you know, Salamakers had been a lot of the guys who played in that game, the start of the game, and even the guys who came on as subs, uh, they had been struggling in the, in the league one way or another lately. And um, all those guys seemed to play well. Salamakers, I thought, had a good game. Diaz, uh, he, he, was, he looked decent in that game. He wasn't terrible. Liao, you know, he gave um, Eric Bailly uh, a run for his money, made, you know, made him aware at all times. Krunich is around that low. I mean, everyone contributed in the game, I thought. And that's what you needed is everyone stepped up. It showed a lot of maturity for these young guys. And, you know, through the season, when things got hard, Zlatan's always there because he would take the take all the brunt of the attention from everybody and let the kids be kids, right? That's what he always says. Yes, you guys play, everyone focus on me. Uh, and when he's not there, it makes it a little difficult. And the guys, I think, all stepped up, probably probably led by Kessie for you know, most of it and, and Donnarumma. Uh, but they, yeah, they they did what they had to do. They played mature, which you need to be on the road at a, a daunting place like Old Trafford, uh, and you know it bodes well for them going to the second leg. So yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic. Yeah, that all important away goal really puts Milan in the the driver's seat. Yeah, I definitely want to see Milan advance for two reasons. I mean, the first is I still want to see Italian clubs advance yeah. in Europe. I know. I'm not taking anything away from other people's opinions. Everyone has them and, and very strongly. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think it, it's nice just to protect some credibility for Serie A so we can avoid these Twitter debates about which league is better. Avoid um, a farmer league comment, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and But there's a, a part of it, you know, especially with Juventus getting knocked out of the Champions League and Inter not getting out of the group stage the story was starting to develop that Serie A is competitive, but none of the teams are good enough. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to see Roma, Milan. I don't know if I want to see Atalanta go too far. I haven't (laughs) quite made that leap yet. But um, but the the second reason is because as an Apple fan, I selfishly want Milan and Roma to play as many games as possible because that improves our chances of finishing in, in the top four. Is that something that concerns you? Um, I'm sure you'd love to win a Europa League. I mean, any silverware is good. Yeah. And judging right. by Pioli's reaction to that Kyer goal, 
he definitely wants to make a run in, in this tournament. But are you concerned that a deep run in the Europa League could jeopardize your chances of qualifying for the Champions League? I mean, it could. I mean, any rational person looking at it well, has to be honest and say, yeah, it could. It could jeopardize it. But the way I look at it is, you know, Milan have bolstered themselves, in, at least in the last 30 years, as this great European team, not just an Italian team. And they've always done well in the Champions League. And so to get back to that level, you have to have that pressure of experiencing a deep run in the tournament while playing in a league where you're trying to win a title. That's the only way you're going to get better. The only way you're going to improve if you, if you take that opportunity, go as far as you can while trying to do two fronts. Uh, that's why depth is important. You know, that's why Lazio struggled so mightily last year. And, you know, obviously the pandemic hit them at the worst time because that's when they really struggled. But they didn't have the depth to compete in, in too many fronts playing every three days. The teams that can do that, I mean, that Bayern Munich was just dominant last year. They have, you know, two full teams basically, right? And they can beat anybody in the world, those teams. Uh, you need to have that depth. And if you want to really, you know, tout yourself as one of the best best teams in the world, you have to be able to compete on many fronts. And, you know, even Copa Italia, you know, three fronts. Uh, and some leagues even have four. You have to, the best teams compete in all fronts no matter what, and they can't use that as an excuse. Now, is it going to hurt? Sure. You know, you got Juventus and uh, Inter now, and, and you guys as well, well I'll just sit on one front. Um, so it, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. Not, not one front. I mean, it's just Copa Italia, I guess, for some of the teams. But yeah, it's, it's one less worry for them um, and one more worry for Milan. But I think ultimately they need to, they need that kind of pressure to ultimately have success down the road. And this year, yeah, it's gonna, it, it could suck. It could end up, you know, costing them, especially during the last match, the last couple of weeks against, um, I forget who it is, but yeah, it's, it's a, a needed challenge. I think that they need to have, and it, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to risk have that, having that now to have greater success in the next years to come. Yeah. And I guess there's also that possibility that if you win the Europe league, then you automatically qualify for, for yep. the Champions League too. And cover, cover all bases. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, after that match against United, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. There's a lot of work to be done, obviously. Yes. yes. But if Milan can get past United, in my opinion, there's no reason why you can't win this tournament. If you look at the remaining clubs, United is probably up there, amongst yeah. the toughest right i mean second place in in the epl right now so yeah i think that's a good a good take and and you're right i mean milan has a history of doing well in europe and it just feels like that's that's where they belong let's let's pivot and and talk about this match on sunday which is huge for both of us you know for napoli it, it was supposed to be the first of three away matches in eight days against milan juve and roma i don't know if you heard this it, it just came out recently but the Juve game has been postponed again. That's likely because of Juventus getting knocked out of the Champions League. That freed up more dates. So now that game will be played on April 7th instead of March 17th, which means that Napoli only have two games in the next week against Milan and Roma, which is huge for us because both Milan and Roma will be on short rest for those games and, and we won't. But obviously this is still a very big game for Milan uh, to stay both in contention for the Scudetto and and at the very least to maintain that bit of a cushion in that top four spot. Um, Juve's now hot on your heels. You mentioned, yeah, they're still in the Coppa Italia, but that final is not until near the end of the season. So they're effectively playing one game a week now. Let's start with the lineups. We've covered most of this already, but are you expecting any changes to the lineups that Pioli fielded against uh, either Verona or United? 
Well, first, are you sure that that delay in the game between Juventus and Napoli isn't because uh, Juventus are drying up their tears? I'm just <laughs> not sure. Anyway, um, I digress. Uh, <laughs> um, the lineups I do expect to be changed. I think you know you will, will probably see. Well, so that's that's a tricky question too because you know it's it's an important match for us, but then we also got United. You know, yeah. Which which one? Are, you know, it's difficult. You need to have both both games really, because um, you play Zlata and you risk the or and Teo and you risk them getting injured for United, and you want them. You want to have them for those games. Um, I expect some changes. I would love to give Kessie a break because he's played so much. He's been so important, but also don't want him to lose the the leadership that he has, the qualities that he has. But um, I, I expect Romagnoli to come back into the lineup. Um, and maybe sit Kiara or something like that. Tomori's, you know, he hasn't been playing much until he joined us. And, you know, so he has a, the energy, I think, to last, you know, play another game and play again, you know, maybe next Thursday. So maybe a change of defense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe Calabria take a rest or something like that. But, yeah, it, it will be very small changes, I think. You'll definitely see Tonali, I think, in this game. But uh, overall, it'll be pretty much the same going forward. And, uh yeah, it's going to be difficult either way. I mean, whether Milan had their all their horses or, or the same team that they had against United, it's going to be a difficult game because Napoli tend to be a team that, you know, hog possession and, you know, Milan, sometimes they, they struggle against teams like that, but they also struggle against teams that counterattack. That's probably a team that's really hurting them. So, I mean, if Napoli finds a way to to soak up the pressure and, and hit them on the counter, that could really be difficult for Milan. So I think with the lineups that Milan have um, – They'll be fine either way, but it, it's a tall task to try to. If they think if they're overlooking Napoli, they're going to get beat bad. Uh, they have to focus on Napoli 100% because they need those points. I mean, a draw will be fine, but you, like you said, Juventus is hot on our heels. You guys are trying to get you know a Champions League spot yourselves. Uh, both teams need this. I think a draw is probably in the cards, but uh, yeah, it, it's a it's certainly a tough game for us. And I know you guys got Roma right after, so back to back there. So that's two difficult games there. Yeah, I was reading today that Hakan and Teor, I think they're both supposed to do the full training uh, on Saturday ahead of this match. So we'll see if if those guys get get the start. And then seems like Rebic, Mandzukic, and Benacer are probably all going to sit this one out. At yeah. best, they'd be on the bench. Yeah. Uh, for Napoli, I'm expecting a couple of changes. Um, we never really know who's going to start in goal anymore. Between Medet and Ospina, there's this... Flip flopping that Gattuso does. Do you have a um, preference? My pre, not really to be honest. This season, I don't. Uh, I think they're both good. I, they're they're both excellent. Um, yeah. I would like to see just one being a clear number one, and then I think long term, I want Medet just because of his youth. Yeah, uh, I know keepers can last a lot longer now uh, and play well into their forties even, but I, I think Medet is the future. And I think my guess is that a conversation probably has been had between say De Laurentiis and Meret's agent just to tell him, be patient. We know it's almost certain that Gattuso will not be coaching this team next season. And that's probably when Meret becomes the number one again, like he did under Ancelotti. Right. Maybe they both would have played when we had three games this week, but now that the Juve match has been postponed, we'll probably see just one or the other. As much as I like the center back pairing of Koulibaly and Rachmani, I think with a week of rest, Manolas will probably come back into the lineup and Rachmani returns to the bench. Uh, we lost Gulam at left back, who was yeah. showing some signs of promise. He's gone for the season. The report suggests that Elsie Hisai will probably start at left back. Uh, Mario Rui is kind of in the doghouse right now. And then you mentioned the counterattack. I think uh, you know the biggest change for our lineup, I think, heading into this match is that 
we'll probably see Victor Osimhen start over Dries Mertens. Osimhen looked really good uh, against Bologna when he came off the bench. He seems to have his fitness and his touch yeah. pack. Oh, yeah. And Mertens still doesn't look 100%. He looks better than the first time he tried to come back from the injury, but I think he'll benefit from having Osman in the lineup. And then he can be an option off the bench, especially if we need to score. And then it sounds like from the latest reports that Chucky Lozano is getting closer and closer to a return. I think he'll be, he'll make it into the squad, but I'm not expecting him to start. He hasn't played in about a month or so. So I'm thinking Politano still starts on the right wing and maybe Lozano comes in for the final 15, 20 minutes uh, of the match. So normally what I do with my previews is I like to, give my three keys to the match, which are three things that I think we need to do to get a win. So I thought it would be fun if we kind of flipped it a little bit. And and I ask you for the opponent's perspective, the Milan's perspective in this case. Uh, So Richard, what do you think are are three things that Milan need to do to walk away with three points from this match? Okay. um, Number one, I think they need to start Tamori. Um, simply because the pace that Osiman brings, I am, I am giggling with excitement just to see Tamori versus Osiman, you know, pace for pace. Oh, I'd love to see that matchup. Um, Tamori's shown a lot. You're, you're, now you're facing a guy who's really, really fast. Um, and, he, and he's smart and he's got a good touch on the ball too. I really like Osiman. Milan have to start Tamori to have any chance because if you know, if it's Chiara and Romagnoli, they're going to get beat. I mean, beat with uh, if Osiman goes one-on-one against them in terms of pace. So that's number one. Uh, number two, it's that midfield, right? Because you guys have such have had a strong midfield for the longest time. Whoever bosses that midfield the most gives up their their team a better opportunity of of winning the game. Milan has looked looked really good against United. You know, in the last last couple of games, they've they've gotten better. They need to continue that. I think um, whether Kessie starts or not, uh, it's next man up, right? If it's Krunic, if it's Tonali, if it's Emiete, whoever, they need to play better and and own that possession in the midfield. Really play physical as well. You know, they have a little bit of a size advantage, maybe not necessarily in the midfield overall, but um, I think uh, they need to step up and really, you know, take advantage of the midfield. And then, and then thirdly, finish your opportunities because uh, Napoli are very dangerous. They have some guys, a lot of guys who can score goals from different angles. Um, and whether it's Insigne, Mertens, Lozano, Politano, whoever, you just go on and on. I mean, start going into the midfield. Zelensky is amazing. Uh, Fabian, it doesn't matter. All these guys can score. So you need to take advantage of your opportunities. You may not get that many. So whether it's Latan starting or Leal, you get an opportunity. You need to be clinical because I think if they don't, if they're not clinical, it's going to come back to bite them. Um, the team that's probably the most lethal had a killer instinct can win the game. But if, if teams are missing opportunities, you're looking at a draw. Um, so who wins that battle? That's, you know, that's, so that's me and me. I think Milan need to be clinical uh, to have an opportunity to win the game. They don't need to be clinical to, to draw, but to win, they have to take all their opportunities. And and frankly, if you're, if you're a team aspiring to win a Scudetto, you have to take advantage of a situation, whether it's a good, a good team or not a good team, you have to win at any cost, any opportunity you get. Right. So that's, that's probably my three takeaways for that game. That was excellent. Well, the good news for you is that, if there's one thing Napoli is good at, it's creating opportunities for our opponents. We <laughs> shoot ourselves in the foot, I swear, more than any other team in this league. So hopefully we can keep that to a minimum. I, I still have three takeaways or three keys uh, for Napoli from our side. I think we need to score first. We saw in our first meeting that if Milan get a lead, you're fully capable of protecting it and then looking to strike on the counterattack. I think along with Roma and maybe even Inter recently, that Milan have one of the most devastating counterattacks in the league. Even with Leao struggling, I think that 
goal that was ruled off might just give him a bit of confidence. It was still a great finish. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the second one that I have is I think we definitely need to take advantage of our fresh legs. This is the first time in a long time that we'll have more rest than our opponent. Mm. Um, and it's also the first time in a long time that we'll have fewer injuries than our opponent. So we need to take advantage <laughs> of that. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we did that favor to a lot of teams. No, that's true. <laughs> but, um, and then the third for me is that this is maybe a little bit forward looking, but I think we need to stay out of the officials book. Giovanni Di Lorenzo, Diego Demme, Elsie Hisai, and Chucky Lozano are all on a suspension. Mm. Um, for anyone that's wondering if Koulibaly is on a suspension or not, he is not. Um, that's because he picked up two yellows against Benevento, so that wiped out his yellow cards. Um, so now he's just on the one yellow card that he picked up against Bologna. Otherwise, that, in a way, the being suspended from the Benevento game actually helped us. Because that yellow card against Bologna would have caused him to miss this match against uh, Milan. So the two guys in particular that need to be careful, I think, are Di Lorenzo and Demme. You know, again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we don't need to see Bakayoko and Mario Rui starting, or Bakayoko and Mario Rui and El Hisai starting against Roma because we don't have Di Lorenzo and and Demme. Um, I'm less concerned about Mario Rui and Lozano because, like I said, I don't think either of them are going to start this match. But those, for me, are, are the things that, that we're going to need to do to, to walk away with, with three points here. Um, let's finish up with, with our predictions. Um, Richard, what do you think? How do you think this game's going to go? I think um, the first game was nice from my perspective, at least 3-1, right? Uh, but I don't, I don't think even with you, even if you have Zlatan starting, I think it's uh, you know you had a, you just had a big European game, a big big Europa League, right? Uh, you just had a you know European game that uh, that took a lot out of you, I think, uh, especially had to travel to Manchester, um, and so I think a score draw is probably I'm looking at one-one. I'm gonna say one-one. I just I think both teams will try to cancel each other out and not try to, you know, give up too much because they don't want a loss. Uh, so I, I say 1-1. One, one. That's actually the exact same prediction that I was going to make. I think not that I not that I put too much predictive value in, in past results, but four of our last six results have been draws. I don't think any of them have been 1-1, one, one, but that's kind of where I was leaning towards. I have uh, Osimhen scoring and then Kessie from the penalty spot. Any Any thoughts on who you think might score the goals? Um, I probably see a penalty. <laughs> no, I was gonna, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, I would, nice to like I said, you look at the squad and it's hard to figure out who the goals are. Yeah, yeah. Even I mean, if Zlatan's playing, you want to, you're probably gonna tip your hat towards him or Rebic if either of them start. But uh, and I'll say Leal, Leal for Milan, and then for for you guys, I'm gonna go Zelensky. Okay, that's no, that's a good shot. He's been he's been pretty hot lately. Yeah. Um, like I said, I know Milan have injuries. I know Milan are on short rest, but I'm still very concerned with how Milan played against United. Um, and we also seem to let ourselves down quite a bit. You know, we had, we lost to Sassuolo when they were playing without Berardi, Caputo and Juricic. Mm-hmm. We lost to Alkmaar when their whole damn team was, had COVID. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, yeah. I always try to remind myself of that heading into a match like this where we're quote unquote supposed to win. Yeah. Um, so we'll I will say this: You guys better play for the entire game from beginning to end because Milan doesn't stop. You know, they'll, they'll whether it's a random penalty at the end of the game or a play like in the in the United game where they score off a corner kick. You know, they they will keep coming no matter what. They don't stop. So that's you know any team that beats them is because they're playing the full ninety plus minutes. You know, so that's a key for you guys, I think. Absolutely, know. and that's I I kind of tie that to that first one about scoring first. It's not just about scoring first. One of the big concerns that 
we have as a fan base is that when we do score first, we don't keep our foot on the gas. We we tend to drop back and, and sit back on the lead. Yeah, that. and especially against this Milan team, I, I do not like the idea of withstanding wave after wave of attack. I, I feel like that's just not going to end well. I mean, look what that United did too, right? They sat back last night. They, they started taking yep. guys off the pitch, and then what happened? A goal. So I agree with you. Yeah, perfect. So that's going to do it for this special bonus edition. Richard, I want to give you a big thank you for, for coming and joining me on the podcast. Uh, before I let you go, if you could just tell the listeners where they can find you and where they can find your work. Yeah, uh, you can find me personally at our underscore Carmen, K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Um, yeah, I am uh, actually have two podcasts. So I, I do a, a Shaka podcast, so it's called Shaka America. And then also, obviously, the Serie A one, which ones you guys care about. Uh, Serie A sit down uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. We're there. YouTube, especially. We got our videos there. We do our live stream podcast. So, uh, yeah, follow us there. And, uh, yeah, anything you guys want to chat about, just let us know. Excellent. I need to get caught up on that Schalke podcast because it's been an interesting season. A lot of chaos. <laughs> a lot of chaos. Yeah, exactly. Dramatic. So we'll be back with another episode sometime next week. I'll, I'll also be joining the Raf and Raf rant live on Monday. So if you want to get my thoughts on this match, tune in to that. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli Sempre. chance to redeem some serious prizes press two we heard you loud and clear so go to luckylandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free get lucky today at luckylandslots.com available to players in the u.s excluding washington and michigan no purchase necessary vgw group void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply